We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show on Orlando Magic Podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, four fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. Today is July 20th, 2023. Jonathan Osborne here, as always, joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke? What's going on? This is the the first episode in a while that there hasn't been anything really happening between episodes. So it's a little weird that that you and I are like having to discuss what we're going to talk about because it's been kind of just teed up for us for really the past month or two at this point. Um, so now you know it's it's good to be uh, good to be back on on the show here, and we have a special guest, Jonathan. We do. We are joined uh, by Mr. Dan Savage. Dan, how are you? How has your summer been going? It, it's been great. Uh, you know, just came back from Summer League, and that's like, you know, gives you the little fix to hold you over to next season in terms of hoops. So now is actually, you know, kind of the slowest point of the off season because prior you have, you know, draft prep, you've got combine, you've got lottery, you've got in draft itself then summer league practices, summer league. So this is the first time where it's really quiet in terms of hoop news uh, for me. And so, yeah, this is the time to take vacations, do all that fun stuff and, and get ready for next season. Were you there for what, what is it? 10, 11 days. Were you there for like the entire summer league? No, you know, being, being the vet I am uh, being with the magic for like 15 seasons now, uh, you know, I know when you go to that summer league action, you do it in ha- a halfway spurt. So I was there for the first half. Josh was there for the second half. And we, we each got a little taste of Vegas. So the rookies, Anthony Black, Jet Howard, really the, the first look that we got at those guys, although they only played a few games. What have been like your initial impressions, like getting to know those guys a little bit off the floor? And then what were your impressions on those guys like making their summer league debuts and playing a few games? Well, you know, the interesting thing is anytime you add two rookies to a locker room, you wonder how's that going to affect the, the locker room dynamic? You know, Magic have such a good culture that they've built over the years, uh, especially under Jeff, John and Moe's with the type of guys they've brought in. And, you know, you guys see it with the interactions on social media, with the bench reactions, uh, with you know, the interviews, all, all that stuff. And, you know, when you bring in Anthony and Jet, like those two guys are just going to fit right in. Like they're so nice, good kids. Uh, the way that they handled media was great. You know, it seemed like they were on NBA TV or ESPN every game, whether they were playing or not, no complaints about it, you know, just very excited and, and good kids eager to fit in and, and learn. So, uh, you know, you, it's really hard to tell about personalities till you get a guy in there because obviously everybody's on their best behavior as they're going through interviews. Uh, you don't really know till you have them in there. And, and those are two guys, good guys. So that's that's the first thing that stood out to me. And then the second thing is, you know, there's only so much you could really garner from summer league games. Uh, we saw it with Franz. I think I was on this very show being like, hey, look, 
when you look at this guy in practice during summer league, he is amazing. He's used as an example. The one thing I've picked from about both Anthony and Jet is they're very smart players. They're high IQ. And Anthony in particular, I think the way he sees the game for someone his age, that's very hard to do. He's got a very high IQ. I like the way he sees the floor. And, you know, for the Magic, who, you know, when Markel Fultz wasn't on the floor at times last year for the early part of the season when he was injured and then, you know, when he'd come off the floor later in the season, there's a noticeable difference. And I think now with Anthony, you have multiple guys who are true point guards. And then you have other guys like Franz and Paolo who are capable of being point forwards. And he just gives you so much playmaking. And I think as we've learned in the league, watching the playoffs, it's as much playmaking and skill as you could have, uh, the better off your team is for it. And I think that's something that, that he brings. Can you talk about Dan, like the, just the difference of your expectation versus the reality of, of seeing those guys in the summer league between AB and jet, what, what kind of stood out to you or took you by surprise the most, maybe from each of their games? Yeah, it really goes into AB's IQ. You know, you heard a lot of people talk about it. You heard his college coaches talk about it. And then you see it and you're like, okay, this guy just moves differently uh, on the court, the way he goes up and down the court, the way he sees teammates. Uh, I think he's still, like you saw, the turnover numbers were a little bit high in, in summer league action. And I think part of that is, you know, the guys that you have next year moving game to game. You're still trying to get a feel for, for who's next to you, where they're going to be on the court. But I think as, you know, when the actual games start, uh, that's not going to be an issue with, with him. I just think he sees the game at such a high level for someone his age. You know, the other thing for me during summer league is, you know, it's really become like all-star weekend in a sense for like draft prospects. So it's like the flip side, like, you know, all-star weekend, you see everybody, but everybody's known, like they're all known quality. Like, you know what LeBron is when he's going out there, you know, what book is when he's going out there, you know, when you have summer league and you have all this condensed, you know, front offices combining together, I think like 17 teams stayed in our very hotel, you get an opportunity to talk to a lot of, you know, different people, different scouts, different front office people for different teams. And the one thing that, you know, I was surprised with is like universally people are like, Oh man, Anthony Black has a chance to be something special. Like, you know, Orlando got lucky where they took him. We had him ranked higher, you know, this and that. Like, he was universally like a guy like our team was thinking about trying to move up to get him. Like, he he fell in that bucket. And it's just really good to hear so many teams, you know, talk about how good his workout was with them or, you know, et cetera. You know, how impressed they were with him through the draft process. Uh, did not hear one negative thing about him at all. So, Really excited to to see him, you know, grow and, and compete against a lot of these guys as we go into the season. And what about uh, Jet Dan? What, what were what were your takeaways from him from summer league, and what surprised you for him? Yeah, I think you know Jet wasn't somebody I spent a ton of time like pre draft process on. Like it was, you know, I, I was just like everybody else. You look at kind of the list and you start going through, and you know, you start making time. And I caught a few Michigan games just because, you know, with our Michigan uh, pipeline now that we're building in Orlando, you always know that there's a chance somebody from Michigan uh, could wind up on this roster. So, you know, I did that. Uh, what I was surprised about him is just, you know, his shot making can be, you know, come in waves where he could really just heat up and, I think the thing with him early in his career is like, obviously you want to be even more consistent with it than he is. But I think early on, he could be a guy that could alter the course of a game as we saw like Terrence Ross do, where it's like when he's on fire, like he's making them from all over the place. And I think that's something that Jet Howard has the, the capability to do. He's also got great size. You know, you look at him like he, he's got good size uh, for, for his position and you know, while he may not have had the collegiate career defensively that some would have, you know, hoped for him, I think as Jeff Waltman alluded to, you know, he played hurt through some of his season. And I think, you know, he's a willing competitor on end, that end of the floor. And I think he'll grow into it defensively over the course of his career. Speaking of, you know, the, the, the Michigan pipeline that has seemingly been created here in Orlando, 
thinking about it, like you go back to the last previous drafts, the Magic have drafted a guy out of Michigan, coached by Juwan Howard. Dan, have you spent any time thinking about that? And like one guy is like, okay, cool. Two guys, like, all right, this is kind of a coincidence. Three is like a pattern. Like something is going on here. What do you what do you think it is? Like, does it have anything to do with like the style of offense that they run at Michigan? Sort of like a pro style offense and Maybe they think like, okay, what you're seeing this guy do is good. he's going to be able to replicate that in the league. Like, what do you think it is? Yeah, that's a good question. You know, I haven't really given that that much thought. I mean, it could be that you know, Juwan knows what it takes to to make it at that level, and the guys that they're bringing in fit a mold of uh, a guy who you know really knows what players you know can play at an elite level, can, and he's a good teacher. So I think it's a, a good combination. Of that there and look you know uh jet howard is even closer to that than anybody being his son so uh he, you know i think he's got good genetics they're just he's a real good kid and i think that's something that you know all those guys have in common is they're really good people and they're hard workers they care about the game of basketball and they want to get better and you know in a league where that may be not necessarily always the case. I think with all those guys, you really look like they love the game of basketball. They want to get better. They want to work hard. And that's really, you know, part of the culture that the Magic are trying to build. One of the things, Dan, that has been introduced, well, not introduced, but we're getting more details. And, and part of that was at Summer League, you know, and talking about Summer League is the, the in-season tournament, you know, that's going to be rolled out where the Magic ended up in Group East C with Boston, Chicago, Brooklyn, Toronto, uh, and then I think if if you are the champion, you know, you win the championship of that tournament, it's like five hundred thousand dollars, you know. So it's a, a nice incentive, especially for younger players that are still on, on, on rookie contracts. How do you think the Magic are going to approach that next season? Like, do you think they're going to take that super seriously? And just what are your thoughts overall on the new tournament? Well, I, I like it a lot. And I'll tell you, my biggest concern heading into it when, you know, it was rumored and people were talking about it and you'd hear it come up in different meetings is how would you know that this is a particular night that, you know, if you're not pausing the season, that this is where the in-season tournament's taking place. You know, as you know, I cover the NBA 2K League as well, and they run a lot of tournaments amidst the season. And I think they've gotten better with it, but there's been some confusion like, okay, is this 3v3? Is this 5v5? How's this tournament going? Like, it's really hard for a casual fan to follow along with that. Like the diehard 2K fans get it, they know. But if I were trying to explain it to somebody who hasn't watched NBA 2K, they would struggle. I think the one thing the league got right with this is, look, Tuesday, Fridays, these are tournament nights. You get focused, you know, it's it's very easy to convey uh, ahead of time. So that that was a big thing. I was worried about it, and I think they've taken care of it. The other thing that I think is a big advantage for a team like the Magic is, you know, I know Mose has really tried to get guys experience in these highly competitive situations without the team having been in the playoffs. Like there's no substitute for playoff experience. But he's used these like, you know, back to backs that we've had against teams like the Celtics this past season where you have two straight games in the same city. And, you know, that second game, they're going to make an adjustment to what you just did. And so it gives a little bit of playoff simulation. I think the stakes of this tournament, you know, while it may not be the huge thing right off the bat that like it will be 10 years down the road. I think the one thing is it simulates is, okay, these games are important. There's increased value to them. Uh, you get something if you perform well in them, that it comes closer to being like a playoff-like atmosphere. So for a young, inexperienced team, that adds value and can perhaps accelerate the growth process as a team prepares to make you know its first playoff run since it's altered uh, the roster over a bit. Gabe Vincent of now the Los Angeles Lakers was on you JJ Reddick. That right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, JJ Reddick had him on his show, uh, the podcast "Old Man and the Three recently, and he was talking to Gabe about the end season tournament. 
and he was pretty much just getting his his pulse on it. JJ, his synopsis of it was, hey, I wasn't on board with the play-in tournament, and now I think that it's great for the game of basketball. I don't think I'm on board with the in-season tournament. Is pretty much what he went on to say. He asked Gabe. He then he asked Gabe about Gabe about it, and he said it was crazy to him that the runner-up of this in-season tournament gets 200 grand per player, and what he got for making the finals this year was also 200 grand. He was like, "At what point are we differentiating between the importance of the Larry O'Brien and this?" He's like, "I would." a hundred times over rather win the Larry O'Brien than the end season tournament. I don't think that's a shock to anybody, but have you thought about the money prize and like how that works? Cause some people were like half a million isn't really enough for these teams that have won championships and stuff for the winner of this tournament for them to care. And then you got Gabe Vincent who kind of shifts it, puts it on his head of it's crazy to me that these are being put on the same in terms of financial value. Yeah. I mean, I, I've thought about it a bit. I don't know what the, you know, not making a pun here, but the magic number is uh, to, to really get it to work. I think, look, you know, once you've reached the status of like KD and, you know, Jason Tatum and all those, you know, star players, Joel Embiid, Luka Doncic, uh, you know, the money isn't going to make a difference. But those guys are so highly competitive anyway that they're worried about legacy. And like, you know, who knows? how people will view the legacy of the, you know, in-season tournament later down the road. Like if you're the first player who wins the in-season tournament, wins the championship, is finals MVP, is league MVP, like that may do something to continue to enhance your legacy and legacy build. And those things are important to those, you know, type of guys. That's how they've, you know, ascended the way that they have. So I think for them, that value is going to be in that. Um, And I think for, you know, a lot of guys on the roster, you know, whether it's young guys or even if you're a mid-level guy, you know, you look at how much gets taken away in taxes whenever you do that breakdown. Like, this is a good supplement for that, you know, (laughs) like that that adds to it. And, uh, you know, you can't you can't really make enough for a playing career that, you know, on average is only a couple years. So so I think it's going to do a lot for those guys. Like I said, I think the highly competitive high-end players will set the tone because, you know, they're worried about legacy building. And maybe it doesn't happen in year one, but as the years go by, I I think it'll start to catch on. All right, let's take a quick break to talk about our Patreon, and then we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by our wonderful patrons. If you haven't heard already, uh, we have a Patreon community where for as little as $2 a month, you can help support the show and help us do all the things we do and have cool episodes and fun guests and giveaways and events and all that kind of stuff would not be possible without our patrons. So if you are interested at all in becoming one of our patrons and helping support, hopefully your favorite podcast, you can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show as a special little bonus. We shout out brand new patrons, any episode that we have them and every episode we shout out our hall of fame and elite tier patrons which I'm going to take the opportunity to do right now, starting with Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Carson Tulo, Jonathan Borges, Normal, Magic Player History, Gabe Gaines, Wiffle, Michael Martin, Jamel Miller, Michael Salapon, The Distract, Donkey Punch Dave, Paolo and Franz's Warmth, PRA, Nostalgia, and M&M's, Dylan Holden, Mr. Mikey, Eduardo Sanchez, Drum Drum, Drummy Drum Drum, Danimal, Dodo 15, Bobby Skinner, Goaty 93, Teddy Sylvia, Eric Lopez, Fuchsia, Juan Gerardo, Bill Fulton, Edmund Lagone, Jose Esquilin, Destined for Greatness, Caleb Peak, Cannibalism, Time Mr. TV, ESPN Really Sucks, Gear 95 Shred, Junior Bruce, Half Reekin, Shahin 177, Bulby the Dawn, Himlo Ben Himro, RM Prov 221, Ray Pastrana, Magic Kid 714, Spank Too Hard, Soft Taco, Jesse, Fuego Nando, Victor Cologne, Fanwolf 72, Irish Magic Mike, Austin Lampy, Random Hustle, Only Franz, Maria, Keith Wallace, Fritz, Currency Kev, Bruv Sal, a big thank you to all of our patrons. You can find us at patreon.com slash the six man show. Let's get back to our conversation with Dan Savage. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day. Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dom- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Dan, talking about the in-season tournament, and we you know, mentioned that the Magic are in Group East or East Group C, whatever the way that you want to break that down with Boston, with Toronto, with Chicago, with Brooklyn. What, you know, in, in kind of considering how seriously some of the contenders are going to take the in-season tournament, what do you think of the Magic's odds to end up coming out of that Group C? No, you know, when I saw the, the group list, I was excited because... One, you know, I think the Magic fans have always felt a little bit of, of rivalry with Toronto uh, ever since, you know, DJ Augustine hit that shot and, uh, you know, made that a series right off the jump for what ended up being a Toronto, you know, finals run. Uh, so I, I like that. And, you know, there's always been the Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs talk, uh, you know, th- that seemed to, to renew it. So. Like, like that element, there's plenty of storylines uh, to go along there. Boston, the Magic have played tough, uh, as we saw last year. So if if you're going to pick an elite team that has to be in, in that bracket, uh, like a team that, you know, it, it's going to be fun, it's going to be competitive, uh, you get the the Duke storylines with, you know, Paolo Tatum, et cetera. Uh, you know, Eddie House gifts can circulate the the internet afterwards. Uh, we can see a little bit of that. So, so that's a lot of fun. And then Chicago, I mean, if you talk about a team that Magic fans have perhaps followed closer than, you know, any other non-Magic team over the, the past couple of years for their draft standing, it would be them. So there's been always been a little bit of inherent uh, rivalry there just amongst the fan bases in terms of, how they're going to, you know, root for one another. You know, Magic fans are rooting for Chicago's demise, so that pick conveys in a in a pretty good spot. And, uh, you know, whether or not uh, they've actually thought their pick is conveyed to us uh, over the years, if you've watched their uh, draft broadcast video, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> the Magic have gotten both of those in, in pretty good spots and I think gotten pretty good players uh, from that. So... You have a lot of storylines. Um, Brooklyn, hard to see exactly where they're going to be right now. You know, we'll see if they continue to add. Do they subtract? They're an interesting team to, to follow, you know, as the season goes on. But obviously, as we saw with Bridges, he can change any any game. So I think for the teams that draw, there's a lot of interesting storylines, a lot of competitive teams. But all teams, I think the Magic can play pretty well. So I, I like the draw uh, that Orlando got. Just from uh, you know a coverage standpoint and interest standpoint, I, I think it couldn't have turned out better at all. Dan, I personally, my favorite part is going to be when the Magic win, Paolo wins the MVP of the tournament, and then we get that's called the Paolo Bancaro Trophy from Ooh. for the rest of history. 
that's what I'm really looking forward to. But I also, Dan, I, I, I know, you know, we won't get into specifics or anything like that, but DraftKings has come out with win totals for NBA teams. The Magic last season, 26 and a half was the was where it was set. Jonathan and I both looked at each other on the podcast and we're like, there's this is a no-brainer. This team's winning over 26 games. There's just no question about it. You look at the growth that this team could have after not having a help with the easy season, adding number one pick, all of that. And then this year, they've set it at 35 and a half. Your perspective on what the Magic can do this upcoming season to, and will they, what, how many games do you think that the Magic win? Yeah, I hate answering that question prior to fully seeing the schedule because it's an exercise I do every year. Mm-hmm. And for example, like I, there's there's certain that everybody looks at the number of back to backs. Uh, I like to see what the first game back is after long road trips and how many long road trips they have. I always just think that is the tough. Like as somebody who travels with the team, like I feel my most tired is when we return from a road trip and then it's that next game at home. Like I have no juice. <laughs> and so like, I, I always, I always try to see like what those games are because I feel like if it's a very, it's, it winds that fine line because obviously if it's a really premier opponent, like guys are going to get up for that anyway. You like, you don't want to fall in that like mid bucket where it's like could kind of sleep on them, but these guys could go off. Like, those are the ones I pay close attention to because, man, it's like when you come back from the West Coast, it's like you lose that whole next day traveling. And then, you know, you get a team the next day and it's like you feel like you've been home for like six hours and you're playing a game, uh, even though it's technically like a full day after the next one. So I like to see how elements like that fall into it before I make my full prediction. Now, with that being said, like, I think you said like, you know, the total being like 35 wins Mm. or something like that. And you look at the number of wins the Magic had last year, and that's not a far off number. And then you factor in, you know, the way the Magic closed the season over 500, um, you know, assuming health, which is hard to do in this league, you know, health is everything. Uh, you know, I really like the the Magic's chances to surpass that because I think they really built something nice last season. They found a way to play. Um, you know, Markel showed that he is a, a true floor general and, you know, was playing some of his best basketball at the end of the season. Like, to me, I just saw his bounce come back. Like, that was the most noticeable thing. Like, he was always great at reading the floor, but, like, the burst on some of those dunks we saw, you know, him take in, in, I believe it was a Miami game, just this easy three, you know, like taking it freely. Um, I'm, you know, I'm very high and bullish on him heading into this season. And look, you know, Paolo's going to work. He's playing with team USA. We've seen in the past when players play in these type of environments, they come back even better. Franz is going to do, you know, his thing. Like I'm really excited to see how those elements carry over to this team. And I just think that they're going to pick up where they left off. Now, a lot of work goes into it. You know, all these guys have to work hard. They have to, they can't just expect like, Hey, I'm going to come back doing the last thing. Like it's going to be a lot of work, but I trust the work ethic of everybody on this team to, to really put themselves in position. And then you look at the X factors, like, could Jonathan Isaac stay healthy? Like if he has a season, we saw, you know, what he could do when he was back there, what a game changer he can be. Uh, you know, that's exciting. Like if, uh, if Markel has to miss a game or two, does Anthony like keep that, you know, uh, Anthony Black keep that like level of play where he could carry for a few games. Like if, if those type of things ha- happen, like, and that brings the floor up. Like those are those are going to be intriguing elements. And like you know, one guy nobody's you know talking about as much like nationally is like, you know, Jalen Suggs has a full off season of work. Like he hasn't you know he hasn't had to do that. Hasn't had that opportunity. Like you start talking about defenders that can alter a game, and you talk about Anthony Black. You talk about Jalen Suggs. You talk about Jonathan Isaac. Like we saw in the postseason just how valuable good defense is. Like those are guys who could flip a game on its head 
and, and doing, you know, do those things. So I'm excited to see, you know, at the start of camp, what these guys look like for the work that they're putting in now. Luke, it's so funny because you and I, like we sit here and we talk about this team twice a week. We text all day, every day talking about this team. But for some reason, whenever we have a guest on the show, whether they're like, you know, working for the magic or just talking about the magic, whenever they speak positively about the magic, it gets me so freaking hyped, man. Like (laughs) I cannot already wait for October for Orlando Magic Basketball. Dan, the thing about that, though, is in just over two weeks, we're going to start to get some of these friendly and and warm-up matchups for the FIBA World Cup. And the Magic have, what is it, five players on the roster that are going to be playing in the FIBA World Cup. We've got Paolo, Mo, Franz, Joe Ingles, Goga Batadze. Like, you kind of already alluded to how much this could do for Paolo playing in, in Team USA, but... It also feels like you know Germany has a has a chance in this thing too. You know, with the roster they have in in Franz and Mo. So, are you going to be playing paying like super close attention to FIBA? Are you going to be like watching all these games, like just waiting for the season to come back, or or oh, what? Absolutely, absolutely. Like I remember last year, I was in Maine on vacation, and uh, Franz was playing for Germany, and like I'm in the wood. Like when I tell you I'm in the wilderness, like there's nobody. <laughs> like within miles of me where I'm staying. And I've got like, I've got like using like Starlink type setup to get serve, literally Starlink to get phone service to then like stream the Germany games and like watching Dennis Schroeder take over and like be like, and watching magic fans reaction, like get Franz the ball, like, you know, and, and all that stuff. So it's just, it, it was a lot of fun. So yes, I will be paying close attention to all of them because to me, like, especially with, uh, you know, some of the foreign teams, like there's so much those guys place into seniority and like, you know, what you've done for them to how much opportunity you'll get. And like for Franz to be as high on the pecking order as he was at that age says a lot about him. Like this is Franz, like right after his rookie year, not what he is now even. And it was like you saw with that confidence of being that high on a, you know, a foreign national team did for him heading into his sophomore season. And so you look at it for a guy, you know, like Paolo Franz, you know, we'll assume he gets even more, um, you know, responsibility with that team. Uh, you know, what it could do for a young guy like Gogo, like all, all that's exciting. And I just like to see how they're used. Are they used any differently? Do they show you something maybe you're not seeing? when they're playing at the NBA level, uh, you know, those are all things I'll be paying close attention to because like, you know, you watch like the way Franz played at Michigan and then you watch him, you know, in his first practice as a summer league and you're like, this guy's doing things that like, I didn't even see him do on his college tape. And so like, you always wonder when they see him in, you know, a different setting, do they show you elements that maybe they haven't unlocked yet and that they're just waiting for that opportunity and maybe they reveal it in this setting. So those are all things I'll be paying close attention to. Dan, one more question for you before you and I start to talk about our second favorite thing. Uh, Anthony Parker, the new Magic GM, you know, John Hammond is uh, transitioning into like a senior advisory role. Can you just talk a little bit about like you know the time that you spent around Anthony Parker and, and what should Magic fans know about Anthony Parker? Oh, man. I mean, AP, like that dude... Yeah, I mean, he is, he, he is like that dude, like, you know, like it's hard to put into words. Like he's, him. he's just got, he's got such a positive way about him. Like when he was first brought in, it was like, okay, like this guy is going to go, like sometimes you just know, like you see it and you're like, that guy's going to go places. Like the first time you saw Paolo on a court, you're like, okay, like that's different. Like that's special. And like, you know, when you sit down with AP, it's just like he's got this way of listening and explaining and talking. And like, you know, he, he's he's just got a special way about him that like you never know. Like this guy was a former NBA player, like, you know, you know, achieved you know big things. And like, I think he's had success at every level he's been with the organization. We saw he did with, you know, they're now the Osceola magic, but when they were in, in Lakeland and, and getting them a G league championship and the success he had there transitioning over, like 
you know, he's a guy who's going places and, you know, it's, I'm glad that he's here because I think he knows how to relate to players on, on a special level. I think he's got a great eye for talent. Uh, he's just a valuable guy to have in the room. And I think everybody loves working with him. Like I've never met anybody who would have one negative thing to say about Anthony Parker. And like in that business, that is so hard to do. Like, uh, so I'm really excited for Anthony. Uh, there's an outpouring of support from like every former magic person that overlapped with Anthony of their excitement for him. You know, I heard everybody talking about summer at summer league about it. I know AP, he's like not one to like want to be in the spotlight and like everybody, it seemed like as you're at summer league, like waiting for the bus and like other teams are passing through are like, Oh man, congrats. AP. You know, like this is so excited for the guy. Cause he's so good. And he's just like, I just want to go about like do my thing. <laughs> like, you know, so I'm, I'm excited for, for him. And, you know, there, there were a lot of other guys along the way that, that kind of got promotions. Like, to see Dylan Murphy from, like, where he came from, you know, in the organization uh, to now be, like, the head coach of a G League team is just awesome. Uh, and I think the other part about that is he's worked so closely with Moe's, like, you know, in the film room, you know, getting getting up to practices and stuff like that. So I think it's a very underrated thing. Like he coaches his summer league practice. Like he's working with guys like Kevon, Caleb, you know, Anthony Black, uh, Jet Howard, who in theory could all spend some time, you know, G League, whether it's practicing or playing in a game, et cetera. And like you have a guy that knows exactly what the head coach wants. The front office over there, like Kevin Tiller, you know, spent time with the Magic is now over there like – the Magic are growing talent by putting it, by starting them off in Orlando, then giving them an opportunity to grow in now Osceola, and then bringing them back in. And I think that kind of pipeline of developments is just, you know, is going to breed so much unison between the two organizations and set up those players that are spending time there for success when they come back to Orlando. So I think. Jeff, John, and Moe's have done such a great job with setting that culture and pipeline in place that I think it's going to have dividends and unison that, you know, even a lot of other teams that haven't necessarily experienced yet. I think it's going to be like an example of how you do it. Anthony Parker uh, getting Paolo Bancaro comparisons as a GM. I, I, I personally that. love that. He's going to hate that I said that. Like, he's, he's going to hate that I talked highly. Like, I'm hoping he doesn't listen to it because he'll be like, stop. I can almost <laughs> guarantee you he does not listen to the six-man show. But uh, we, would, we would really love never that. Know. Well, hey. You never know. You'd be surprised how many people listen. Um, We will keep that in mind for sure. But, um, no, I, I love the point that you make about Osceola now and being like this development pipeline. Luke and I have had conversations, you know, just in recent years about how, you know, at least I wish the NBA would utilize the G League more like the MLB does the minors with like rehab assignments and stuff like that. We saw that last year with Jonathan Isaac. We saw guys like RJ Hampton and Caleb Houston who weren't getting as much playing time go down to G League and, and really thrive down there. So uh, I hadn't thought about that uh, perspective with Dylan Murphy working so close with Moe's that, you know, although, you know, other coaches have done a, a great job, you know, with Lakeland in recent years, that is, is going to make it more, more seamless, I think. So I, I really like that. Yeah, and it's such a short ride now. Yeah, oh yeah, right, right, right across town there. You know, guys are, are really going to be able to go back and forth. You know, pretty seamlessly. So that, yeah, that definitely like, can't be understated. Last year, I was on the broadcast for it, but they did, uh, you know, a game at at Amway Center during the day. It was like the doubleheader against the Bucks. Like you know, the two the Wisconsin herd, you know, played the the Magic in the G League game during the day. And then, uh, you know, at night you had uh, the Magic in, in Bucks play. So, you know, th those could be fun again. Uh, you know, I'd recommend it for uh, anybody, you know, who's a, who's a diehard. Like, that was a lot of fun, you know, for me. It was something different. So if they do that again this year, I'm pushing for it. Uh, you know, I I'd recommend coming out for that. It's a fun, fun day. Yeah, I'm, I made the trip to Lakeland last year uh, when J.I., you know, made his, his, you know, return. Like, well, part one of his return, I guess. And I had a great time at the Lakeland game. So 
now that it's right across town, you know, if the magic aren't playing or, you know, if, if the Osceola magic are playing it at Amway and uh, you don't have any plans, like be sure to go out and, and support those guys. Cause you know, you'll never know. You may see Caleb Houston there or, you know, Kevon Harris or, or one of those guys. So definitely take advantage of that. Now that the uh, G league affiliate is a little bit closer. Dan, I want to pivot to, this is where Luke is probably going to tune out a little bit. Luke admittedly is not a, a big boy meets world fan. But Dan Savage and I, you know, anytime we have a, a casual conversation, it usually gets brought up in, in one way or another, whether we're going through another rewatch of the show or we're listening to the podcast or uh, myself and Dan and, and Comrade, uh, who also works, you know, with the Osceola Magic and the Orlando Magic, we're going to. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We'll be going to the, the Boy Meets World live show here in, in a few months in Orlando. So we're looking forward to that. Um, but Dan, last time you were on the show, I prepared the trivia. So now it is Dan's turn. We're going to go through some Orlando Magic trivia. And I'm, <laughs> I'm hoping I do pretty well here. I do not want to look like a Boy Meets World casual. No. And I'll tell you this, like, you know, when I come for podcasts, usually I'm talking about the magic. So it's what I live and breathe. So my prep time is very little, you know, I just make sure I, you know, just refresh my, my brain with it, which is aging, uh, you know, about all the numbers that, that I, you know, I'm thinking about, I may talk about, you know, assuming the subject matter, but for this part, you know, I delved and I was, I was, I probably did like an hour and a half of prep today. Of oh no. Like, <laughs> of, that does not bode like well for me. Reason, cause, cause there's different lev- levels to it. Like, is this a reasonable for somebody to know? Like if you've right. watched it. And so there were things to me that stood out and I had to like pull them. I'm like, that's just too random. And then there were other things. I'm like, this is too easy f- for Jonathan. Right. So I had to be in like that sweet spot of like of challenging, but possible. And then I wanted to like tear into it. So it started off a little bit easy and then we got to like some really diehard stuff. So, so I don't want like what color t-shirt is Sean wearing in <laughs> this scene in episode five of season four? Like we don't want any of that, but yeah. um, hopefully I don't get cooked too bad here. I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself. Mm, so all, all these have to do with the plot line of each episode. So that was my criteria. Okay. Like they weren't random. They were all part of the plot line. And I feel like when I'm in my watch through phase, which this made me like tonight when I go to bed, it's going to be to Boy Meets World because like I'm, I'm restarting the watch through as a result of this uh, task. You're so, welcome. All right. We're going to start off right off the bat. This is like season one episode two stuff and we're going to get into you know we're going to set the table it's going to be nice and easy for you at the at the lunch table which i felt like the show did such a great job in the early seasons of setting the tone of what it was like to be at a lunch table in that era uh cory sean and another kid discuss you know what superhero they would like to be their dad and and what superhero did cory much to the chagrin of Sean, uh, which superhero did he want to be his dad? See, I know how the episode ends, and that's the only superhero that is in my mind. So I'm going to say Superman. That is correct. See, Let's it's go. tied to the plot line. That's Let's why go. it wasn't okay. too random. Because it not only does he say it there, but at the end, he reveals his dad is Superman for how heroic he is. Uh, you know, and helping raise that family. So 
Nice touch. Good start. All right. This is, I think, an easy one. It takes place in season four. Eric breaks up with a girl and gets a song written about him. What is the title of that song? Is it, I want to say, the first thing that's coming to mind is Stupid Boy. Very close. Oh. You get half credit. It is Shallow Boy. Shallow Boy. Dang it. Shallow. Uh, it had like that grunge flavor of that era. Yeah, That's what I call Jonathan, actually. <laughs> Shallow? That's that's very interesting. Bonus points if you can name the second song that's written about. I'll give you the other half. Nope. It's like he's a dandelion. I, I, I knew it was a flower, but I, I was yeah. going to say sunflower, but that would have been wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's dandelion. I didn't confirm that. I just I think you're, I think you're right. Up. All right. This, is, this should be easy. It's still in that first tier. Um, at the end of season four, Sean joins a cult. It's also the last we see of Mr. Turner. What is the name slash location? They're both the same. I'll take it either of that cult. I know it's called the center. There you go. All right. We're back. We're like two and a half out of three. All right. This is random. This is this is the challenging. You got two more left. And, you know, of this uh, best of five playoff series here. Um, in season three, episode 11, the boys steal the key to Mr. Feeney's cabin. It's one of the first of several cabin episodes that have go on in this series uh, what where is the location of mr Feeney's poconos cabin? bam look at you look at you what a stud i do this baby <laughs> three and a half out Luke of cannot believe that i know all of this <laughs> i i really can't believe this is this is happening to be honest <laughs> with you <laughs> now this one this one is hard but I may or may not have practiced this when I was younger for no apparent reason. So I had to include this in the episode because as a, a young Dan Savage, I actually knew this and would do it along with the episode. So season two, episode 11. Corey takes one of Sean's dates because he's playing like both sides to Chubby's. He's trying to keep girls busy, you know, and help out his friends. So, you know, they don't know that he's trying to figure out which girl he wants to date. And uh, he brings her to Chubby's and teaches her how to order at Chubby's. How do you do an order at Chubby's? Uh, you order. I, I, I know I'm going to mess up parts of this, but I think I know most of it. You're going to order a turkey chubby with everything. <laughs> that's all I that's all that's all, all I can remember is a, a turkey you, chubby. Giving, he's he's going to turn around. You, he's going to like wipe his nose and ask yeah, you what no, you want. You You're say, almost, a turkey you chubby almost, with what? And you say with everything. I'm you get you would be able to order at chubby's based off that because the total sequence is you're going to go up to the counter. He's going to turn around. He's going to raise one eyebrow at you. That's... And he won't speak. You then have a two-second window to order. You'll say, turkey chubby. He'll then wipe his nose. You then say, with everything. He'll size you up. And then if he asks you what you want to drink, you're in for life. I was very close. Bonus it, point, probably... you know... I'll give you the other half a point you're missing uh, from a perfect five out of five. If you know what it'll do for you, if you ask for a diet soda. He gives you half of the soda. He gives you half a cup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the reason, luckily you went like, like early seasons. If you would have went later, I probably would have been in trouble. With the rewatch, I've like rewatched like the first two and a half See, well, like the first three seasons over the course of the past year, so a lot of that is still pretty fresh in my mind. But yeah, and those are my those are my favorites. So I was going with with my wheelhouse as well. I didn't want to, I didn't want to step anywhere where it would be something that I wouldn't know if I was asked. Right. So. When when you start getting into the later seasons, like six, seven, you know, there's a, a noticeable drop off. And Dan, I hope you know that our 
you know, the couple of times that we've talked about Boy Meets World on the show, it has inspired like multiple listeners and Magic fans to who had never watched Boy Meets World before to go through and watch the entire series. And it, I know of at least two people who have, have claimed that it is one of the greatest shows they've ever watched. You know, now I feel like I've truly made truly made an impact on this world. Uh, I'm serious. Like, I, I feel like I've done good. I volunteer every week at, at an animal sanctuary. And that, the, the, you know, what you just gave me in return is, is even a greater feeling than, than it does working with the animals. I'm serious about that. Like, I feel like part of my life's duty is complete. S- serving your community every week pales in comparison to getting people to watch Boy Meets World. That's that's where we are as a, as a podcast. About that. That's what the sad part is. He's tripling down. <laughs> Luke, what, what what have been your thoughts on like the last ten minutes of this podcast episode? I, it was a different language uh, talking about some place called Chubby's, which to that point, I just thought it was short shorts. So I didn't know where we were ordering from. And then we started talking about sandwiches and lift and eyebrows. I don't know. That was a journey. Thank you guys. for that. Awesome. All right. I think that is going to do it for this episode. Dan Savage, sir. Thank you for taking the time. Thank you for always being a joy to talk to. We tell everybody this. You know, as, as we're talking to, you know, fans or, or people that just ask about the podcast, when the team that you root for and like have loved your entire life, when you find out how good the human beings are that work for the team, it makes you even prouder, you know, to root for the team that we do. So like from top to bottom, literally everybody that we've come in contact with, just great people. Appreciate you always taking the time. Appreciate you for being a, a great dude. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at Magic Games this year. You know, when you go five for five on a Boy Meets World quiz, <laughs> like, you could call me anytime. I'm, I'm <laughs> I, I, I don't, I'm, I don't believe in like half points. So I'll, I'll take the four. I'll take the four for, for yeah, five. You there. got the half with the bonus. It's like I know, you know, you, I know. You get, right. you got the points back. I challenged you. That was good. I, I appreciate that, Dan. So I think the next time that we're going to see you is probably going to be media day, if I yep. if I had to guess. So so looking forward to that. And that is quickly approaching, folks. That's just going to be a, at the beginning of October. So in about two weeks, you know, international play will start. That's going to run throughout August and, and potentially, you know, the first week or so of September. And then all of a sudden we've got like, you know, three, four weeks until the magic season is basically starting again. So Again, Dan, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Really, really appreciate it. That is going to do it for this episode. For Dan Savage, for Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You all have been listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Sixth Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and Spotify to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. If you enjoyed the show, please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It helps out the show a lot. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Six Man Show. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic! Ray!